This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Science Fictionary Podcast. I'm David and I'm joined tonight by Andrew. Hey, what's going on everybody? And Daniel. Hey, everybody. I almost said and Marisha, but unfortunately <laughs> Marisha's not able to join us tonight. Uh, and that's a shame because we're going to be talking about some Ghostbusters, which I think would be a fun conversation for all of us. But I'm sure well, there will be another opportunity. We will have to have another Ghostbusters conversation soon, probably right after the... Uh, we might do... Well, we'll probably talk Ghostbusters on the YouTube channel. When we, when we, after everybody has seen it, after the movie. Anyway, we're going to talk some Ghostbusters tonight because, uh, coming up real soon, we've got Ghostbusters Afterlife releasing in theaters. But before we jump into that, we have some new stuff we just want to chat about a little bit. First one is Disney Plus Day is tomorrow. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, it was like a week ago. Yeah. But so by the time you're listening to this, we're recording a show about, what was announced yeah exactly uh so we're just going to speculate a little bit on what we think is coming um i don't think anybody's really expecting anything big this isn't like a comic con type thing like what, what's the um what's the big thing that disney does that was a d23 is that what is that what it's called yes yeah well, that's like the big one. I don't think it's going to be anything like that. But I, I don't either, but I do think we're going to get a lot of MCU announcements. Uh, maybe not full-blown. We're, we're going to get some announcements. We're going to get some some pictures, some some behind-the-scenes on some things we haven't gotten to look at yet. Um, and yeah. I think the biggest stuff's probably going to be on the Star Wars side um, yes. with rumors that we're going to get to see a little bit of stuff from Kenobi. Um, yes, although it yeah. looks like they're going to hold everything from Andor back, I, which is a little disappointing, but, um, Andor got pushed, um, to, right. they're just right now. They had never announced a date for Andor. So it's kind of hard to say it got pushed, but all the rumors were that it was coming out next summer, but now they're saying fourth quarter net for, uh, you know, so fall next fall sometime. And, uh, don't know how that's going to affect the you know season three of the Mandalorian, which should also be dropping fourth quarter, but it could be like book of Boba, which is going to drop on the, what does it drop on? Like the 30th, 29th or 30th of December. Yeah. So literally, uh, like yeah, the, the end of December and December. Um, so I, I'll be curious to see what we get. I, I do think we're going to get to see some neat stuff and I think we're going to get some announcements on some stuff we haven't, haven't seen yet. And there's, you know, Pixar, I know Disney's wanting to do some stuff on Disney plus with Pixar and some of those things. So I don't know, we could be in for, for a lot of announcements, but I do think you're right. I don't think it's going to be like D 23 big. Mm-mm. But Disney's kind of all over the place with their announcements, anyway. Yeah. Um, 
And I and they clearly, I mean, they dropped that book of Boba Fett trailer last week. So they instead of during instead of on Disney Plus Day, so they clearly didn't want it overshadowing whatever they're gonna announce tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Right. But they also probably don't want it overshadowed because that's true too. The, the only thing I really expect to get is some Kenobi footage. I um, mean, honestly, that would be enough that, for me. Yeah, right. But obviously, there's going to be there's going to be more. I just have no idea what because you it it is funny that with Disney, you very rarely hear a rumor that something's in development until they tell you it's in development. You know what I mean? Right. So it's hard to anticipate what you think we might get. The only things we know they are working on that are Disney plus related. So obviously, you know, and they've stopped doing the same day releases on Disney plus for the theatrical films. And we all understand why and things theaters are coming back. So that's, you know, it's fine, but you're not, so the only things we know they're working on for Disney Plus specifically are these Star Wars shows and then some MCU shows that I'm not sure are filming yet. I mean, they I say... I think we're going to get to see... We might get to see some of this Marvel. Right, we might. I mean, we know they're working on that. Um, so there, there might be something about that, but if it's that, I wouldn't expect much. Because I don't even know how far along that show is at this point. I think they have filmed a lot, but they also, at the same time, they pushed back. Disney announced that they were, that Andor would be fourth quarter. They announced the same thing for right. Miss Marvel. So they've pushed right. it. They exactly. definitely pushed that one back like six months. That's what I'm saying. I'm not sure Miss Marvel's any farther along than Andor. As a matter of fact, I would think Andor, Andor might be a little farther along. Oh, Andor's wrapped. Right. So, I mean, it, and I didn't realize that I, I, I'd missed the part where they said it was wrapped. I knew it was had to be farther along than Miss Marvel, but my, my point being the only things we know they're working on, we have, we, we, we they say they want to develop an echo show to spin off from Hawkeye. We've already gotten several trailers for Hawkeye, which looks fantastic. I'm really excited for that show. And that drops, you know, next week anyway. So the only thing I know to kind of expect is Kenobi and then some announcements that they're developing stuff. We didn't know they were going to develop because that's what Disney does. You don't know they're working on something till they tell you they're working on it. Well, except so, for Lucasfilm who tells you, they're working. I, was, I was, I was speaking specifically <laughs> MCU. MCU. Yes. If, if the yeah. MCU announces something, there's a good chance it's happening. Um, mm-hmm. at this point, if Lucasfilm announces something, don't count on it until the cameras roll. No, absolutely uh-huh. not. So and don't be surprised yeah. if they change directors in the middle of it. Right. <laughs> so, you know, probably not as yeah. many times as like the flash, but. Oh, <laughs> right. We'll they're not, not, they're not quite easy. Bad. Oh gosh. Did you read, I know Andrew did because he liked my tweet about it, but did you read that 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 trench movie that they were going to make was actually going to be a Black Manta movie? 
<sighs> it was like secret. What's about the, uh, the... like uh, it, I'm, I'm t- I brought it up because joking about like stuff getting canceled all the time and DC is the king of doing that. Um, right. But I just I just think it's so funny that like James Wan he 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 announced this trench movie and then later he was like yeah it was actually gonna be a Black Manta movie and it's like well maybe if you didn't want it canceled you shouldn't have pretended that it was a stupid trench movie. <laughs> well, it didn't need no. You didn't need either. You just I agree. all that stuff is fine to continue with in the Aquaman films. You bring Black Manta back. Bring Black Manta back for as many Aquaman films as you can get away with. Away with actually, uh, I thought he worked great as a villain in that movie and had a lot of room to do more because he wasn't actually the main antagonist of the first one. He was a secondary antagonist. You can bring him back and have him be the primary antagonist for a couple more films, depending on, you know, if you, if you play it right, but you can do all that in Aquaman. The, the idea of let's explore the world in the trench by itself in a separate movie. Uh-uh. And you didn't need a standalone Black Manta movie either. You can do that. And look, as excited as I am for Black Adam and as good as that trailer looked, the little, you know, the little teaser we got. And I think, you know, Dwayne Johnson is going to be an excellent Black Adam. I don't think Black Adam needed his own movie before we got him in Shazam. No. Uh, Disney makes the weirdest freaking decisions. You mean DC? What that... Did I say Disney? I mean, yes, DC yeah. makes the weirdest freaking decisions. Yeah. Uh, what what drove that was the fact was Dwayne Johnson's star power, and this is the character he wanted to play, and so we're going to build a movie around him and this character. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm still anyway. going to see it. Oh yeah, no, I'll go. Th- I'll go see it because Dwayne Johnson's in it. Honestly, exactly, and that's it. That's what DC knows. They know that. They know. They know. They they know. They know how to control the audience in the palm of their hand with the Rock. Um, I'm not going that far. You, you know, don't give them too much credit. It is the Rock. Like that's an it's it's a no brainer. Yeah. He's the biggest movie star on the planet right now. He he's certainly one of them. He's one of those few guys yeah. that can sell a film. Like, yeah. you know, there's not a ton of actors out there right now that just putting them in your movie guarantees ticket sales go up. Right. But he's one of them. It's him and who, is there is there anyone else? I mean, I would say that's probably still true of Harrison Ford. Um, it's still true of Tom Cruise. Tom Tom Cruise. Uh, there's a few. I, I, there's, you know, the, the days of that, and we, we actually talked about this a couple of weeks ago or last week, um, you know, kind of the days of movie stars being the primary thing that puts people in seats is kind of, kind of past. It used to be, especially old silver screen Hollywood, you went to see your favorite actor. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, and then beyond that, like in the seventies, eighties and nineties in particular, you went to see your favorite director's movie. You know, yeah. Steven Spielberg has a new movie. You're going to go see it, right? Quentin Tarantino's got a new movie. You're going to go see it. And that kind of stuff still exists to it's some extent. Of those but, people. Of those people. But it's it's not it's, like you've had yeah. a ton of new people that have come into that arena. 
Right. That it's it, really that like Christopher Nolan is the only one that comes to mind. I think Denny Villeneuve like is kind of getting up there like that. Denny's getting there. But I mean, to, to me, and I've always been kind of a director guy anyway. Ron Howard is my favorite director. Yeah. Still. Uh, for good reason. If you, uh, Yeah, absolutely. I will. The, those guys to me are Spielberg, Howard, and Tarantino, the ones you already mentioned. Oh yeah, Tarantino. So, and it's, it's that way for a reason. But like you say, uh, Villeneuve is getting there. Yeah. Um, a guy that's kind and, of there to us. And, and I, I get a lot of flack for my stance on Blade Runner 2049, but it's only because I hold the first one to such a high standard because I'm not going to sit here and tell you 2049 is a bad movie. I just, I can't hold it to the same standard as the first one. And I'm the only guy I know who that has that opinion, but well, I love I'll let movie. you know. I still haven't and watched 2049. It it's it's beautiful. It's well thought. It's well acted. The the plot fits the universe. It it, it has that Blade Runner feel. Yeah. So I do think it is a wonderfully directed movie. Yeah. I so I don't want people thinking that I hate it because I don't. I just couldn't put it over the top the way so many other people did. Yeah. No, that's, that's reasonable, but it means you're talking about one of what's considered one of the greatest science fiction films ever made. Like, you know, right. So, you know, it's always hard to unseat the, uh, the old favorites, but and we're not trying to, it wasn't a remake. So right. It's not like he had to outdo. I mean, it is a sequel, right? It, it but really it's, is a direct sequel. It's, it's, it's hard to make a, it's hard to make a sequel when you go for something like that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard to make a sequel that ever measures up to the original of something that big. Correct. It's Correct. like Jurassic and Park. There's been a, I mean, some of the Jurassic Park movies are great, but none of them have yeah. ever measured up to the first because it was yeah. so big, so new that it would be hard for any sequel to ever recapture that magic completely. That magic, right. And I and I like the new ones. I like the I like the Colin uh, Trevorrow films. Yeah, I do too. So, but you know we can. Oh shoot! Hold on a minute. <laughs> I was fisting to mention one, and you threw me off track with Jurassic Park. Sorry. Oh, The Matrix. Right. You, oh, I mean, yeah. 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 Uh, there's a sequel. Yeah, The Matrix is an example of this. The first Matrix film is. And no one, anybody who tries to argue this is not in their right mind. It is one of the best, most groundbreaking original science fiction films ever made. The first Matrix. 100%. And Reloaded and Revolutions suck by comparison. Yeah. And what do you think about? I am completely though on board and excited for the next one. That's what I was about to ask you. So you think the next you have high hopes for the next one? I for do. Resurrections. I do. I really do. Um. <sighs> That's tough. I, but the, it's... Dude, the the trailer's fantastic. I don't understand the Morpheus thing. 
They got to explain yeah. that in the plot. There's a, yeah, there's a few sense. things they're definitely going to have to explain, but the trailer is really good. Like, yeah. I do have high hopes from the trailer. That let's, is it. Let's, let's talk about this for a second because it's a really interesting trend to me. There's this big trend right now of remaking old movies and, like, do bringing back the original character, but they're older and it almost seems a little grittier and it's like there's this sort of cool factor to it like i'm talking about your you got that with matrix resurrections they did that with the terminator movie they did dark fate um they did that with halloween uh they are now doing it with scream and that trailer looks good for scream yeah it does look good i'm i'm a big scream fan Um, i also yes I'm a, I'm, I'm a Scream fan also, and I will tell you that I don't know how excited I am for that one. I don't know why. The, There's a the difference only reason, there somewhere. The only reason I'm not excited is because it looks like somebody watched Halloween from 2018 and was like, ooh, I can do that with Scream. Right. And it's just that. Well, it's, and, they're, and they're, it, that's, I mean, that's kind of the, cir- the cycle we're stuck in right now it's in horror right. movies. Or kind of the big one. I mean, they're freaking making new Chucky stuff. Screams back. You know back, what's the Halloween's most annoying back. thing in the world to me is when they title it a title that already exists. That yeah. pisses me off. Um, like this new one is just called Scream, and they they think it's cool because they're like it's just Scream, baby. And like same with Halloween. It's like it's just it's just Halloween. But no, there's already a movie called Halloween. <laughs> And there's already right. a movie called Scream. <laughs> right. Like, at least Matrix actually has, like, a and, Matrix and the fact, Resurrections. And the fact that you're still bringing back Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox and David Arquette, it's a continuation of the other Scream movies. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you, David. Why name it the exact same name of the film that's actually the first in the series? That's what they did with Halloween. So people have to call it Halloween 2018. Well, they, well but, but you, you know, you go farther than that. Actually, they have the. How do you put this? The Halloween movies, the last two Halloween movies we've gotten, are continuations from the first two Halloween films. Let's forget about three and four and Halloween H2O. And the Rob Zombie movies. Yeah. The, um, wait, is it even, does it even pick up after two? I thought it just erases two also. No, no it, well, no, it, it doesn't erase two because really if you watch, you watch one and two, they're the same, that they're one, they're one movie. Yeah, but in you two, can watch, they you can watch that. one and two, the two picks up the minute after. Yeah, but in one two, ends. they established that the, uh, Michael Myers, and Jamie Lee Curtis are siblings. They established and that the first one, actually, in the very first movie, that's established. I don't think so. It's if you're if you're paying attention, you knew. Sure, but they've they've ignored. I, I, I with these new ones, they've like ignored that. Whatever. I'm probably I might be misremembering entirely. I have We're no just, idea. Or maybe yeah. I slid from a universe where that was the case. Um, okay. which is very possible. Um, 
Anyway, we were talking about Disney Invest, not Investor Day, Disney Plus Day. There's too many Disney days. Yeah, we kind of got off there. I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot to say. I mean, we obviously, did. after tomorrow, we'll we'll have more. I did want to ask y'all before we switch gears and get into Ghostbusters for the the second half of this episode. Um, I don't know if y'all saw this, um, but I've not. I've never watched all the Harry Potter movies, and I've never read the book, so I'm really not. Dude. I need to, I'm not, but I'm not the person I needed to ask y'all this question specifically, uh, earlier this week, um, Chris Columbus said in a conversation somewhere that he would like to bring the OG cast back and make a cursed child movie. Don't do that. Dear God. No. (laughs) If you want to bring the cast back and do a movie about their kids, Okay, do not follow the Cursed Child plot. Yes, please do not follow the Cursed Child plot. Okay, well, that, that's, why what, I want, I mean, that's why I wanted to ask. Y'all were, y'all were the people to ask that. It's awful. It's bad, dude. <laughs> I, it's had really bad. No, I had I mean, heard it's, that it was bad. It's really bad. I don't know what else to say about it. There are plot points... To that play, because that's what it is. It's a play. It wasn't even. It was never written as a novel. People bought the script and read it that way because they wanted to read the story continuing, you know, in this universe, which is fine. But it was written as a play, and they actually say seeing the play perform live is a pretty good play. But there are plot points to that thing that just completely ruin. Just dear God, no! Please do not do that. Who said they wanted to bring them back and do this? Chris Columbus. Chris, Chris Columbus, who like didn't. Did he do the first two, or yeah. was he the one who he did, did the most first of them? two? Okay, he did the first two, and Chris Columbus is a good director. He's he's made some of our he's, he's a very favorite good, movies very good in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, but dear God, <laughs> that honestly, those movies really got good. And I, and I like the first two Harry Potter movies. Uh, Quran did um, Prisoner of Azkaban, which is most people's favorite movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and to tell you the truth, uh, so Goblet of Fire is my favorite book. My favorite movie is probably Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm-hmm. The, that completely changed the direction of Harry Potter. And then David Yates came in after Quran and basically finished out the series. So... That's who it was, David Yates. Yeah. If you were going to tell me one of them wanted to do it, I'd be more excited. But please don't use the Cursed Child plot. And the thing is, though, Rowling is very protective of the material. She's not going to let them do a film and not use her version of the story. Right. Because oh, she didn't write, wait. she did not write that cursed child script, but she was involved the with the story. To her, that's the canon. So I can't see them being able to do another movie and not using the basic story from Cursed Child. Oh, J.K. <laughs> and I would hope they wouldn't do that. All right. So, so one other one I, I wanted to ask you, uh, Henry Cavill 
in addition to saying that he really wants to come back and play Superman, which I think we all know. I think he loves the role, wants to do it. I just don't think, I just don't think Disney or not Disney. Yeah, now I did it. I don't think that DC is interested in continuing making Superman movies with Henry Cavill. I don't really understand why, uh, but they're obviously in no hurry to do it if they intend to do it. But he also no. said in the same interview that he would love to play a modernized Captain Britain in the MCU. Ooh. That, that would be cool. Ooh. Be cool. Yes. I definitely yes, think that would be cool. Yep. What does 100%. he mean by modernized? I mean, I, th- I don't know that what he meant. It was kind of like, I think more just a... Like bring him into the modern world a little bit, like kind of like they did with Captain America. Okay, uh, which is so. which is exactly what he said. Well, he yeah, said play a modern Captain Britain, when, like you hear Chris the Evans word is. Modernized, yeah, no, I think what he meant. Re- it's usually in reference to a problematic character, but I don't think. I don't think that's what he. I don't think that's what he problematic about Captain Britain. Yeah, no, I don't yeah. think that's what he meant. I, I think, don't think just British like people are like offended. I think what he meant was bring him into the modern age, like bring him, like, I don't want to do a Captain Britain movie set in the past. Like, I don't want to do one in the MCU gotcha. now. That'd be really good. And cool. I would look, and, and I will tell you what, this, what that subject brings me to next, though. If we're going to do Captain Britain, we need the X-Men first. Yep. And it, and it sets up the possibility of introducing Betsy Braddock, who's Captain Britain's sister. She's an X-Man named Psylocke. But then that's going to be fun as hell to watch people's heads explode because we're going to have the debate of do you cast a white Betsy Braddock or the Asian Betsy Braddock? And do we then we have to deal with all of the crap of for a while Betsy Braddock was a white British woman inside of an Asian woman's body. (laughs) And you want to watch people's heads explode and Twitter catch on freaking fire? (laughs) Let's debate that crap in today's world. Yeah. Yeah, that could get real ugly. (laughs) It's go it is. It is go. I'm gonna say I'm gonna pop some popcorn (laughs) and sit back and watch. How you want to justify any way you want to tell that character's story. Right. But if you're going to introduce James, you should introduce Betsy. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the character. I'll always have liked the character. And to his credit, he's one of the greatest writers we've ever had. I think for the most part, Chris Claremont handled all that pretty well. And they did just actually just recently, a few years ago, they put her back in her white body. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, I'm being, uh, but I'm being for real. This is what happened. Comics are weird, dude. I've got to do. I've been saying it forever. I got to do a segment where, to Andrew and Marisha, I read three. I do two truths and a lie, but with comic book scenarios and let them try to pick out which one's false. Right. That would be the one, someone who's never read X-Men, there's no way in hell they would think that was a real plot line. No, they'd think that's the lie. <laughs> right. It's the right. truth. 
Yeah, no, that's, I'd be all, all kinds of down to see Henry Cavill. And I think there's a number of roles he could play, but I think that would be a great one. He can uh, play everything. Yeah. I mean, I think there, I think there are a lot of roles that he would be perfect for. Um, what about Wonder Man? No, no, no. We, there is no Wonder Man, but Nathan Fillion. <laughs> I just hate that they didn't follow through with that. I don't think they ever intended to. I think that's James Gunn giving a little shout out to a little cameo to his buddy, something fun. For but the that didn't end up in the final film, did it? No. The poster of him. No, yeah, it, it didn't, didn't end up. The, the poster, was, none of that ended up in the final cut. No, it didn't. But it wasn't ever anything they were going to follow through on actually developing. Anyway. Well, I didn't think they were going to develop. I just was really hoping that. At the time when they pulled it, well, I hoped that when they pulled it, that there was a reason that they didn't want to show his face in relation to another character. I hoped that they had other intentions for Nathan Fillion in the MCU at that point, but apparently that wasn't wasn't the deal. But uh, yeah, James Gunn will get another opportunity to bring Nathan Fillion on if he wants to. He should have been Nathan Drake too. Did you see his test footage he did for Nathan Drake? I did. It's fantastic. It's, yeah. it's awesome. And what's funny is whoever did that period knew what they were doing and playing the video game because when he jumps off the roof, the camera switches to ground level, pans around behind him, and he does the little neck roll. Yeah. And it's like, it looks like the video game. Yeah. And and I think, look, I think Tom Holland is going to be a really good Nathan Drake, but I, it's, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm always going to be a it. little bit put out that it was not Nathan Villian. I'm not yeah. sold on it, but I, here, I look, here, here's the, look, just the entire debate we're having right now. We're, we're arguing about Nathan Fillion and Tom Holland, who are literally 30 years apart in age, which is exactly why they chose Tom Holland. I know that, <laughs> but that's the thing that just illustrates Nathan's probably a little too old for the character, but Tom's too young. I agree. Yeah. I'm I not think it's a strange it. they, they I don't did buy this it. because they wanted Tom Holland to play him. So like, oh, we'll make him young. And it just it just feels <sighs> off. It does feel off. Like I can't I buy him as a sixteen year old Spider Man way too easily to buy him as a mid twenties Nathan Drake. He's it, it supposed to be in his mid twenties? I would hope so. Like that's the only thing that makes like I can't see an eighteen year old character yeah. doing the things. And I, I don't know. I, get, it I see it as it if you're gonna, right. If you're gonna cast a Nathan Drake who is young, I think Tom Holland's a good choice. I just don't think they should have casted a Nathan Drake that was that young. Um, Correct. I just don't think that's they me too. Thank you. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm saying the exact same thing. Then you got Mark Wahlberg in there as Sully. It's just Sully, and it's just a little strange. Um, What's funny is is Mark Wahlberg's the right age to play Sully, but he looks 15 years younger than he is. Right. Well, and that's kind of the thing with Tom Holland. Tom Holland is 25 years old, but he doesn't really look like it. Right. Right. I buy him as a 16-year-old way better than I do as a it's crazy. Um, 
Oh, I, I have the solution. They should have got Toby Maguire to play <laughs> Nathan Drake. You know what? Anyway. Tom Tom Holland looking too young is better than thirty year old man Toby Maguire being in high school <laughs> in that first Spider Man movie. Well, yeah, everybody in that everybody in that <laughs> high school was like you know fifteen yeah. years too old, late twenties. Yeah. Yeah, freaking um, the bully, um, Joe Manganiello. Joe, yeah, I, yeah Joe Manganiello is flat. It's so funny because he's so. And you forget he's even in it now yeah. that you know who he is because he wasn't a name at all at the time, right? No. Uh, anyway, um, I'm sure we could ramble on more, 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 more. Uh, but Andrew, unless there's any other news pieces you wanted to bring up, we can no, jump into I think, some ghosts. I think that's chat. it. All right, awesome. So I've been wanting to talk about Ghostbusters for a while. I'm sure we all have. And now it's just a great excuse just to have a fun conversation about the first two Ghostbusters films. The only Ghostbusters films that have ever been made. Um, that joke didn't land. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's it, They're two of my favorite movies, especially the first one. And I just want to talk about them. Because I know we're all excited for Afterlife. Yes. I think the trailers look great. And yep. we there's there have been talks about a Ghostbusters 3 for decades. And the fact that we're finally getting a real proper sequel, it's 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 really exciting. But um let's just talk about Ghostbusters, uh the first one. Um I don't know where to start. Dad. What? I guess to start, like, which one is y'all's favorite uh, of the first yeah. two? Oh, it is the first one. No, they're the same movie. But I like, no, I, I like them they're both. They're not. How are they the same movie? They're I, not the same movie. They follow some pretty similar beats, but they're not the same movie. Um no, I, I'm I, first one's my favorite. I think first one's the funniest. It is. I, th- the I, first, think I think the first. I think the first one is the best one all the way around. All right, because everybody has four mortgages. <laughs> <laughs> first thing, you know, the interest just in the first five years alone comes out to thirty-one thousand dollars or whatever it yep. was. <laughs> so funny. Um, oh I god! I wish I knew how much of that was improv. And how much of it was uh, well in the script? Well, first of all, as a Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis script, so you already know. Yeah, there's some pretty solid shit in the script, right? But and, and it's very you know his first his first idea for Ghostbusters was it was going to be set like in a distant, not in a distant future, but in a near future where ghosts were everywhere and ghost busting was like a common profession. Mm-hmm. Huh. And I think it was John Landis who talked him into we need to kind of rework it and he brought Harold Ramis in and that's how that's well, anyway, that's how we got the movie. I, remember, I I think I heard the story that the budget that Dan Aykroyd was asking for was so outrageous. Right. That they were like, We cannot do that. How about it's just right. in New York? <laughs> right. So and but then, yeah. they uh yeah. And he he wrote the script for 
John Belushi and Eddie Murphy. And of course, John mm-hmm. died. And I forget what happened with Eddie Murphy thing, but we end up with a, you know, whenever they had Harold Ramis come on to work on the script and Landon said, what do you think about Harold acting in it? Well, sure. And they sold the movie that they, they, what really helped them sell the movie to the studio was, well, we can get Bill Murray. And Dan said, yeah, Bill will be in it. We talked to Bill about it. Yeah, I might do that. Never heard from him again. Swear, swear to God, never heard from him again. And they kept going, so Bill's going to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, I, I talked to him. I think he's going to do it. They keep on developing. Are you sh- Bill's going to do this, right? Like he's going to be here. Yeah, I, I talked to him. I think he's going to do it. Nobody knew for sure Bill Murray was going to do this movie until the day he started filming. He showed up on set. That sounds- <laughs> and Dad's like, see, told y'all he'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> that is so Bill Murray. Yeah. Right. I just, I don't know. I love stories like that. But I just, Bill Murray like, stories are like always great. Anyway. About, that David talking about how much it was ad-libbed now, how much it was scripted. We know the script had to have already been pretty good, but, um, the, Oh, was the Ernie Hudson mm-hmm. as Winston was supposed to be in it more. Okay. A lot of the stuff with Bill Murray in the hotel, Winston should have already been part of the crew at the point in the movie that that scene happens. But Bill kept ad-libbing so much stuff in the hotel scenes. The sl- It was supposed to be Winston that got slimed in the script. But it came out so funny with Bill doing it. He just kind of, Ernie Hudson sort of got whittled away. <laughs> Yeah, which I, I mean, don't know why I'm laughing about that, but I'm just trying to, you know, if we talked about the ad libbing stuff, mm-hmm. but anytime you put comedic actors of that caliber on set together, you're gonna get it. You, you kind of write that movie as you go. Yeah, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. right? And people that prone to ad lib, like uh, right, exactly, like Aykroyd and Bill I mean, Murray. these guys were part of Second City which is one of the most famous improv groups ever and Saturday night live, you know, it's, that was, that's their acting style. Yeah. And it just works so well, all them together. And I think that's the real success of ghostbusters is if, if you have any other guys in those main three roles, it, it, it just falls apart. It doesn't Um, work as well. Their chemistry was so good. It yeah. was, and the acting. And Ernie was, Hudson's too. Like, it, 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 he doesn't get enough credit for that movie. No, he doesn't. No, right. in, in, and, and I will say that Ernie Hudson is hands down one of the coolest people we've ever met at a convention. Uh huh. Yeah. The the Same amount thing. of time I had my my niece and nephew decked out from head to toe in their Ghostbusters uh, gear, and. The the amount of time that he spent talking to them was was pretty nuts, right? Yeah, you because know, you know cool. it's, it's always always appreciate that. Like you know, it's it's one of the reasons a lot of people don't even bother doing autograph stuff because a lot of those people spend the bare minimum amount of time they've got to spend with you to get your stuff done and move you on. And um, mm-hmm. 
people like Jeremy Bullock and Ernie Hudson uh, and even Bruce Campbell a little bit, like spent way more time talking to us than they had to. And, and I will tell you this, and this is not our thing. And I never watched this show and it's just, but David's sister, Madison loved the vampire diaries. I think I'll be, I, I, you know, I think I've got the right show. It's Ian the, Summerhalder. It's the, it's the Vampire Diaries. Yeah. Okay. Ian, Ian Summerhalder. And again, I've never seen him acting nothing because I've never watched that show. I never planned to. He was in the first like six but, episodes of Lost. But I went, I went and made sure she went to his panel. I stood in line with her to get his autograph, to get his picture. When I tell you one of the coolest celebrities you ever will meet in person he was so nice to everybody. Yeah. And, and like you say, there are too many who would just push you through, sign it, they don't even look at you. That man would stop and have a conversation. Whether it was just a few minutes, he engaged with everybody who came through that line. Yeah. That guy's I was nuts, really though. impressed. He he's he's a little out there. <laughs> but as <laughs> far panel. as being really good to his fans, he is. Oh yeah, no, no. It's it's just that panel was so funny. Like two people got to ask questions because he just like broke out into these crazy rants about stuff. Crazy like, stuff and rants. Uh, yep. Anyway, um, yeah, Ernie Hudson seems like a really cool guy, and, and Winston is one of my favorite characters in the Ghostbusters because um, of his like outside perspective. It, it's a I, I, when I said main three roles, it's because like let's be honest, those are the main three roles, but. I don't want to discredit Ernie Hudson and Winston. I think he's a great addition to. Oh yeah. Cast. Somebody had to be the straight man. Yeah. Exactly. And it works really, really well. Yeah. And, we, and he's funny too, where he's like, just, he is funny. He just wants a paycheck. Right. That's what I'm saying. We needed kind of the every man, the yeah. working man guy. Who's just, it's like the guy, he's like, he took a job as an exterminator. He wasn't a scientist. He didn't know nothing about this crap. He just needed the work, and there he is. And you, and you, as an audience, you sort of needed that. You did, even you though be the, able to put yourself into his position. Yeah, even though the other three guys, I think, are fairly relatable. Um, no. Now, Vinkman is a scumbag, but. But a lovable, relatable one. Um, and this scumbag's a little strong. Okay, not scum. Sleaze bag. I think <laughs> sleaze is is. is bag. <laughs> I think that that that's more appropriate. Uh, I mean, you know, it's I'm, really it, it's honestly artist. the the kind Name of kind of a con artist. Yeah, it's kind of I the know. the. I mean, he's played that kind of character in quite a few movies. Mm-hmm. It, it's just kind of he plays that character really well. Uh, stripes, right. stripes would be the one I'd go to. Um, yeah, but I still, I, I mean, he's hilarious. And you know, there's this one scene in the movie that always stood out to me uh, as a very important one because it's it's what establishes him as okay. He's actually not a scumbag. It's when he doesn't sleep with Sigourney Weaver whenever she's possessed. <laughs> Literally, that, that that scene is so important of just like him being like, 
okay, um, you're just gonna let you're gonna rest now. Like, and I, I think it's so. What's he say? Um, she, she's like, I want you inside of me, and he's like, I think there's already two people in there. <laughs> right. And he said, I think it's a little crowded in there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and and one of my favorite things about the comedy in this movie is they don't linger on jokes. They just say them, and they are funny, and then they move on a lot. Right. And that's something that I like a lot of comedy misses. And I really appreciate about that. And that's just a great line. It's one of my favorite lines. Um, what what are y'all's favorite jokes from the movie? So many are st- popping out of my head right now. I don't want to say them all. Hmm. Uh, I don't know because it's hard because it, it's not. There's a lot of comedic situations in the movie without there being a lot of one-liners. Yeah. So you don't just pop it off. I love when he shows up with Ecto-1 when he first buys the car. He said, I got a good deal on it. He said, only 5,000, uh, needs new brakes, needs, uh, needs new brakes, needs a new carburetor, muffler yeah. job, new tire. And he's just rattling off all like 10 grand worth of repairs on yeah. his car. He paid five for, uh, but I, I love that I because I love how he shows up and he says that, and that's the end of the discussion. We don't have a montage yep. where where that's it. They paint it and they get all the stuff. Like you just have it. The movie is so fast paced in that way. Like it gets going the first fifteen minutes, um, and next, I think that's like, next time you next time you see the car, Dan Aykroyd's under the hood working on it when Sigourney Weaver walks by, and then the next time you see it, it's finished. Yeah. And There's it was no, like a like you said, there didn't have, there didn't need to be a montage because we just got this reveal mm-hmm. of this cool car. Yeah, yeah, and they don't point out they don't have to focus on the fact fact that it's a hearse. They just it just is and it's funny. Right. Yeah, you and there's a lot of there's a, it and it's funny. The beauty in it, there are a lot of like really laugh out loud moments, but there's also a lot of really subtle jokes. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I think that's the brilliance of it is the, just kind of the, the, the conversations they have, like the first time, the, the first time they go catch a ghost and they're trying to like tell the guy what it's going to cost right. and they're just okay. making right. it up as they go, you know, yep. it's like, oh, well, it's going to, we're going to charge you four big ones for the, uh, entrapment. But fortunately yep. we've got a, we are running a special on proton <laughs> charging. <laughs> And that's only going to cost you a thousand dollars. So, right. And what's really funny is this stuff's not funny to say out loud. Right. We're laughing because we picture the scene in our head Mm -hmm. as we're saying it. That's because it's the ridiculousness of the whole situation. Ah, The whole situation, exactly. And just the stuff going on in the background, like while he's saying that, you you have uh, Ray just like holding it and like like examining it and, and Egon's in the background, like doing something with a tech device. Like everyone's so in character at all times and everyone's always doing something um, that makes it feel so natural. Even though it's this crazy yeah. world, it feels it so is. realistic and, and natural. And, and Annie Potts. Yeah, she's uh, great. <laughs> so what, what does she tell Vayman, she needed some help. 
So you need to hire some help in here or something. And he says, he says, why wow, you're doing such a great job. <laughs> she picked up the phone. Right? She picked the phone up. Ghostbusters. What do you want? I quit better jobs than this. <laughs> oh man. It's really funny. And then her whole thing with, with Egon and, and that's, that's one, yeah. one of my favorite jokes is when Lewis shows up for the first time and he's like, you better bring them, bring them inside. And she's like, you're such a humanitarian. He's like, I don't think he's human. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many freaking great lines. Um, yeah, there's a lot of really funny. There's this gag. I love how they make coffee like Egon's making coffee over like a Bunsen burner. And then, and just boiling the water. And then later, like a couple minutes later, Lewis is just drinking the boiling water. Mm-hmm. All he's possessed. Like, oh, it's so good. Stuff that like, you don't notice on a first viewing. Um, I watched it recently on on Halloween. I like to. It's, I watch it every Halloween. It's my favorite Halloween movie because even though it's very funny, I still think it's a legitimately pretty spooky movie. Sometimes, like. They do a really good job of not making the joke the scary part. Like they they make jokes around like the ghosts and stuff, right. but they don't actually make fun of the situation. The it's situation serious, and, yeah. and Zool and like that ghost in the beginning, the librarian. That's scary as frick, right? Dude. So you 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 allow the the ghost to be scary. Like you don't mm-hmm. you don't poke the jokes right. at the thing that's supposed to actually be scary. Even though it is funny when the ghost right. in the library scares the shit out of them. Right. Right. <laughs> it's hilarious. But yeah, the, but the ghosts aren't comical. It's funny because that ghost is scary. Right. And it's their reaction. Except it's just it's, he's he's a joke. But I mean, these these are really. I mean, you know, a lot Wonderful. of people will talk Climber's about iconic. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, some people get down on these movies and say they don't, you know, complain that they don't hold up. And I mean, you know, the thing is, is visually they were never like, you know, this out of the world visual thing. I mean, they're cool, but they weren't even necessarily right. state of the art at the time. Um, they worked well enough at the time, but they worked well enough and, but they don't hold yeah. up the, the, the special effects don't necessarily hold up great, but the movies no. to me, the movies hold up just fine. I, you know, people, it's one of those things like people don't like campy stuff that can be sort of campy anymore for whatever reason it, and, uh, you know, Ghostbusters could certainly be that. And, um, I, you know, I've heard stupid things like, well, you know, w- when they're working on the new ones, well, they're just going to make this one silly. And I'm like, did you watch the other two? Yeah, right. Exactly. It's like, this is probably going to be the most serious of the three. Yeah. It looks like it. So wh- what are y'all, what are y'all expecting from, um, Ghostbusters afterlife? Which, thank God, by the way, they didn't just call it Ghostbusters, like we were talking about earlier. Uh, Ghostbusters um, Afterlife. Good things. I, 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 I absolutely, I've got 100% faith in this movie. I, I, I do. I'm, I'm not worried about anything. I think, like we were talking about the original cast, right? 
Mm-hmm. And of actors we have working now, not that I'm putting Paul Rudd on that level, but he fits. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? That's that that character and or the way he that character seems in the trailers and we've all seen Paul Rudd in a million things. He's been around for a thousand years. <clears throat> I, it, it just fits. I don't know how else to put it. I, I think it he can do a very good job of carrying along the same tone. Well, I do too. And I think part of that the original movies gave us. Yeah. I think part of that is that he's so good at doing things off the cuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, you know, the other day, I assume y'all saw he was announced people's sexiest man alive. Mm-hmm. And his first reaction was, I'm getting business cards made. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, That's great. So, but I, I think he's going to be great. I'm really excited about this movie. Because um, yeah. I actually just but- talked about this in relation to Stargate. And what I would want to see if if Amazon does bring Stargate back now that they own the property. And I think it's what gives me hope for this movie is knowing that we do have some old cast members coming back. And I have no doubt, there's no doubt in my mind at this point that those cast members, that those characters will be treated with respect. Because I think that's one of the things that is happening with a lot of these, you know, soft reboots or you know, sequels and and new things that are coming back, bringing these old properties back, kicking them back off and then mistreating the old characters. And I, and I have, I, there's nothing that makes me think that that's going to happen with this film. Right. I agree. Um, though, as we discussed on a previous episode, that makes us man babies, Andrew. It does. Apparently we're man babies. Oh, well, (laughs) And our fandom is the bestest. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Some of those, uh, there were some real condescending uh, early review, critical reviews on it. Yeah. But, um, you know, the, 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 the common complaint that I've heard from critics in the, I don't like the, the ones that were real um look down your nose at the old fans kind of reviews. I just, I don't, those just throw them out. Like they're not worth anything. Yeah. But some of the people who were a little more rational in their review said that the fan service gets a little heavy handed in the third act. And, and we've discussed that many times. Like you can do fan. There's nothing wrong with fan service, but not yeah. even for fans, the sake of fan service, but you can do, you can do it badly. Yeah, I think the only thing that I'm really worried about with that and that I think might happen, and I don't think they're going to do this, but I really wouldn't like it. I don't want to see, like, Force Ghost Harold Ramis type thing or, like, what? No, they're not going to do that. That doesn't fit the world. Well, you know, I don't want to see Ghost Harold. I don't want to see Ghost Egon. Um is what I'm saying. I don't want to see anything like that. And it's like, you know, using CGI and old footage to make that happen. Um, my, my impressions from the trailers, 
I do think earlier in the early in the movie we get Egon, but that's another actor. That's a figure in shadow. They're not doing anything cheesy with that. Um, is that not y'all's interpretation of the trailer? No, it is. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I'm fine with that. Now, when we talk about getting heavy with fans, what are they talking about? Ecto ones in it, Slimers in it. We know that we can see that from the trailers. Um, but if those are things that fit the plot, of course, you're not, you're not going to have a Ghostbusters movie without the equipment. Ecto-1's got to be in it. Right. You know what I mean? Well, and that's one of the things we've, we've actually had an episode about that real recently where we talked about, you know, when you're doing these movies, like, you know, quit complaining about sequels or this whole idea of, of people that want um, the, the Kylo Ren method, you know, forget the past, kill it if you have to. Um, there are people that want movies to be made that way and make no reference back to the original material. And that's that not is, how you make a sequel. Correct. That, that, that makes, that doesn't make any sense either. You're not being true to the material. If you're not, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. I think if you're making a sequel that you absolutely, and I, I mean, to some extent it's like, is having Ecto One in there fan service? I don't think that's fan service. I think that's literally a continuation of the story. Right. And I know this is not the conversation room. We're talking about Ghostbusters. But the things we're talking about right now, we all know what we're talking about mostly. The Star Wars sequel trilogy, right? Absolutely, because it's the one that has it is the one that has sparked this drive for making right. movies that way it's a there's a a, pre, a before last jedi and an after the last jedi way to make a movie in the modern world and i will say this i don't know that I ever voice this out loud i would have rather them made the sequels and focused on ray and finn and poe and not even Look, here we are 35 years in the future. Here's what happened to Luke. Here's what happened to Leia. Here's what happened to Han. They're all dead. Yeah, no, that would have been the better option for the sequel movies. Because what you all you ended up doing was mistreating the original characters, particularly Luke. And because of trying to just trying to kind of shoehorn them into your story so you could call it the Skywalker saga, you ended up dragging down all the new characters. Right. It did not need to be. It didn't even actually need to be in episode seven, eight, and nine. It could have been an all new Star Wars trilogy. One hundred percent. Here's Ray. But then it wouldn't have I been have... a sequel. It didn't need to be. That's the point. So you're saying we didn't even need sequels to the original trilogy? I, no. Yeah, because I, I think that I, agree. I think we would all three. I think all three of us would agree, and Marisha would agree if she was here that. The Skywalker saga is really episodes one through six. They could have that. Seven, eight, and nine are Skywalker saga because they just kind of forced it to be Skywalker adjacent. No, because they wanted the draw of saying we finally made a sequel to Turn the Jedi. Look at this, right? You know what I mean? We're introducing these new characters, but we're also continuing Leia, Luke, and Han's story. No, you're not, right? Oh, it was insulting. It was insulting, and I'm not going to tell you I don't. There aren't things about the book that I don't like. I like Force Awakens. I really do. Yeah. Um, I don't have 
any major issues of Force Awakens. No, me either. My only really issue with, with, with The Last Jedi is Luke's character assassination. We've all talked about that. That's my main sticking point to it. Mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker is just so... No, I'm sorry. That movie's just dumb. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. And I will tell you this. I went and saw that in the theaters twice. We talked about too much fan service. I saw that movie in theaters twice because of the fan service. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even I'm not even lying. That's it. And I do actually like the scene where Ben shows up on Exeter. I enjoy that. As far as the plot of that movie, we've yeah. talked, we've spent we too many years talking way too much about these movies. I'm sorry, I got a soft <laughs> subject. I'm just, okay, it's, it's all right. But no, I mean, if you're talking about what we expect from the sequel, it's a because I think that the Last Jedi has had a real heavy influence on the way sequels to older properties are being handled. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that for a lot of directors, a lot of movie makers, it is, it is their pattern. It's, it's what they're trying to emulate. And I think it's a mistake. And I feel like, and I'm not getting those vibes from, from Ghostbusters Afterlife at all. Right. Yeah. See, I guess I don't know how I'm going to react to the idea of. Okay, let's let's just say that end of the movie, uh, Ray and Venkman suit up, and they come and they they shoot their they they, they shoot at Ghost. I don't and think that's happening. I don't think it's going to happen. If that did happen, would y'all react positively to that, or would you think it's too much? I would think that's too much. I'm not. I don't even gonna lie. I would. I I agree with. I think I would think it's too much. That would be my I think first I th- impression. In the, in I guess the moment. Yeah. In I, the moment, I might be like, "Oh man, this is so cool! Look at them! Oh yay! Oh they! Oh don't cross the streams! Yeah!" But then afterwards, I'd walk away like, "Did we really need that?" Yeah. No, that's that's what I was just to say. I don't see a way they can do that without it feeling forced. And that's what we were just talking about was the fine line there between honoring it and forcing too much fan service. And I'm a little worried about that just because of the early reviews of like the fan service is a little heavy. Right. Um, But it's, it's, it's hard to tell because we're in an era where fan service is a dirty word to critics. Yeah. Do we know if Ernie Hudson's in the movie? I do not believe so based on what I've heard. All right, what about Sigourney Weaver? 100% for sure is Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. No, Dan Aykroyd is 100% in it. That's what I'm saying. That's the only one I think we know 100% for sure of the original cast. Right. Well, and then we saw Andy Potts, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because... Yeah, because yeah, um, her and Egon ended up together. Right? Right. right. So, I mean, and we then- do- Potts. When I said original cast, my apologies to the wonderful Miss Potts. I was refer- I meant the the Ghostbusters right. themselves. Ghostbusters. We're not getting Rick Moranis because he's been retired for like twenty years. Oh, the word is he's word is he's uh starting to act a little bit again. 
He's doing theater, I think. Oh. And Ryan Reynolds commercials. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds commercials. <laughs> I'd love it. Okay, okay. Let's do some percentages. What is the percentage chance Bill Murray shows up in this? I would say that since they kind of gave the other two away that we know were in it, I would say at least a 50% chance that Bill Murray's in it. Um, yeah. I'm leaning towards that he's probably in it. And I'm going the exact opposite way. I think there's about a 2% chance Bill Murray's in it. Hmm. Well, if there's a 2% chance Bill Murray's in it, what do you think the, the percent chance is that Rick Moranis is in it? Of course, if you listen to the original stories, it was only about a 2% chance he was going to be in the first one. But the day they come. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. What, what, what did you just say? Rick, Rick Moranis? Moranis? Yeah. No, I don't think he's in it either. Yeah, I don't think no, so. I don't think I, I think, I think that we've... I, I think that we're getting the two we know about that we've seen or heard their voice in the trailer. And mm. I think that there's a... I think it's a coin flip on whether Bill Murray is in there somewhere. I'd love to see Winston again. And I'm all for... and I And I think that... I think the best hope for seeing some of these characters, I think, is is for a sequel to this. You know, if this movie is good enough to warrant making another one, right. then maybe then we get a chance to see some of these other characters. Because right. I don't want them to force them all in. I don't want them to force them all in here. I don't necessarily need them to be... Um... I mean, I would love to have a second film where they have some reason that they need to go talk to Winston. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't, I don't feel like we have to force them all into one, into the, into this first movie. I think that would be heavy handed. Yeah, it would. That's what I'm saying. We, we can't. It, it, it's hard for me to see them being in it very much without it feeling forced. It has you know? to fit. You know, it is going to be a little strange that it's not in New York. Yeah. That's going to feel well, a little bit strange. Well, I, I think so, but I think we'll have a reason and maybe, maybe after the first one, maybe we have a reason to go back to the, back to New York. I mean, look, we'll probably see New York like in the trailer when Dan Aykroyd, when Ray picks up the oh, phone. Yeah, like, that's definitely he's, in New he's, York. he's, he's at the firehouse in New York. Um, I, I would guess. So, I'm not sure about the firehouse, but oh, you think maybe not? I don't. I don't know. I don't know why yeah. he would be at the firehouse. Well, he said we're closed, so he's at the business. Um, he's at a business. A bit. We don't oh, know yeah. for a living now. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I don't know. I'm just speculating. Um. Yeah, it's going to be a little weird not being in New York, but I think it's fine. A change of pace. We've had two, just two, only two Ghostbusters movies, and both of them were in New York. So, um, mm-hmm. a lot of people say, like, I've heard the term said that New York is the fifth Ghostbuster, and I always kind of like that. But it, it's fine. It'll be okay. I'm, I'm interested to know really what's going on. Uh, why Egon? moved where he moved and and stuff like that um 
I am just really excited. I don't. I feel like I'm just saying random stuff, but it's genuinely just because it's like it's hard to put into words why I'm so excited. It just feels right. I mean, we got this. We got the son of the director making this one. Right. So right. there's that, which like that instantly makes it feel special and makes it feel good so, that it's happening. So uh, real quick, I do. I did. I did just pull up that the scene from the trailer. Uh, mm-hmm. And I believe that Ray is most likely that that's Ray's occult bookshop. Oh, okay, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Ugh. Anyway. Any any other thoughts on Ghostbusters Afterlife? No, what that- you're afraid of? I, that's the thing. is I, I'm not... I'm really not worried. At this point, I'm not worried about this movie, which is a great feeling to go see something like this, a sequel to something or something I've been waiting for someone to make for years and not have any reservations about it. You know, I had reservations going into Dune and of course, you know, the, the, some of the things that have gone on in star Wars that we've already talked about, uh, star Trek, you know, we talk about these things and being worried about what you're going to see when you finally get to see the new mm-hmm. product. And I'm not having those feelings with this franchise, with with this movie. Right. Yeah. Maybe. And I might be totally wrong, but right now I'm really excited about this movie. So one more thing I want to say, because we were talking about, we were talking about how like Paul Rudd feels like he really fits in. Um, and I always love thinking about this. If you were to cast a ghostbusters not necessarily recasting the original um but if you were to make a ghostbusters film now who 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 do you think best fits those roles i think paul rudd is a great choice are you talking about new ghostbusters or recasting the original three new new if you were to do it it's a new ghostbusters the, oh yeah yeah a new ghostbusters i mean paul rudd well, i mean what, if you're going for if we were to do a new Ghostbusters, but following the formula of the originals, what right? You're trying to yeah, say? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what what four people we think would make a good Ghostbusters team in a modern movie? Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Thank you. It's hmm. a lot of dead air. Right. Uh, I've got this for you. <laughs> I've got this for you. Okay, uh, an Egon type, but it's Bill Hader. Okay, I, I like that. It's you know. Um, I, I like I like Bill Hader, and you're sort of staying in the the SNL family, so it's so all like yeah. that. I'm also Jason Sudeikis is coming to my mind. Jason Sudeikis is a guy that I had never thought much about, but I don't know if y'all have watched Ted Lasso, but that show is fantastic. I've heard mm-hmm. really good things. I think that would be three that we could. I mean, Paul Rudd, Jason Sudeikis, Bill Hader. Mm-hmm. Do we think they'd have good chemistry together? I don't think I've ever seen any combination of three of them in any movie. I don't know, but I know that if a Ghostbusters was made, like let's say that they were remaking it, it would probably be like Chris Pratt and Seth Rogen. And the thing is, is I'm I'm not, I really could care less about Seth Rogen. I mean, Chris Pratt. Let's not forget. I mean, he's been playing a lot of these more serious sci-fi roles, but he's a funny guy. I mean, if you're if you're exactly asking me to bad. replace Bill Murray. I don't know who to tell you. Yeah, I've been thinking about like who plays who plays a sleazebag. It's kind of like trying to replace Harrison Ford, right? 
Like, how do you do that? It's like yeah. that solo movie. How were you ever going to cast someone that everyone was going to be happy with and go, yep, that's Harrison Ford? Because that guy's not out there. I'm not uh, unhappy with the guy we got in the end product. No, I'm not either. I'm, I mean, I'm sitting here wearing a Make Solo to Happen shirt. I, I'm, I'm happy <laughs> with it. But I don't think that Alden Ehrenreich is ever going to be the... I don't think he's the next Harrison Ford. No. And I don't know who's out there right now, a young actor, that I could say, yep, he's the next Harrison Ford. Or then someone who you could say and, is the next Bill Murray. Right, and th- there's a lot of actors like that. It's like, who's, think, like, who's the next Bill Murray? Who's Harrison the next Ford Denzel Washington? Like, you know, you look at those guys and go, yeah, I don't know who, like, if you've got to cast somebody to replace those people, who do you cast? The next Denzel Washington is his son. The next Denzel Washington was Chadwick Boseman, and we lost him already. Right. That's just the truth. Yeah. Now, then, I think we're a lot closer to the next Harrison Ford than we are the next Bill Murray. I would agree. Do you have a name in mind? I think, no, I think replacing stuff. comedians is just... I think, to some extent, comedians are harder to replace because they have these comedy acts and they bring that act with them to characters. Um, and it, it's, you know, when you really start thinking about people that are like that, like, like Bill Murray, it's like, you know, he had his brand of comedy and like, how do you, how do you replicate it without just being a, a copycat? Cheap knockoff. Yeah. Right. Well, I think we threw some good names out there, though. To answer yeah. David's original question, Paul Rudd, Sudeikis. Yeah. We, we, could, we could revisit that one and all bring a list next week. Yeah, I should really uh, better prepare for those kinds of things. <laughs> I just get on a whim. Um, yeah, so... You remember whenever we talked about what we would do if we were gonna uh, recast the Lord of the Rings movies? I don't know that we ever did. We, if we, if y'all talked about that on the show, I missed it. I think we did, we did it. Oh, y'all did it because yeah. my entire cast was gonna just be recasting the same actors in different roles. Now that they were twenty years older, like Vigo. <laughs> Vigo, I was gonna cast Vigo Mortensen as Gandalf. Right. <laughs> I want to say someone. Someone might have done that. I'm pretty sure that sev- that at least two of us recast um, um, Elijah Woods as Frodo Baggins again because he's now the right age to play the character. Yeah. Yep. Well, but hobbits hobbits are hobbits are youthful looking. They are longer lived than them. so is Elijah Woods. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, I said Hugo Weaving could still st- still play his role. Yeah, and we had some interesting names for some of those roles too, but the truth is there's quite a few of them that could either come back in the same role or play one a different role. Yeah. But my favorite but still is Tom Holland as Sam. Instead of Gandalf, I said let Ian McClellan play Saruman. 
let let Vigo Morrison play Gandalf. Yeah. You know who should play Saruman? Well, I'm going to tell you. Charles I'll, Dance. I'll also tell you who can play Gimli, and you don't have to use a body double. with Peter Dinklage. I think we said that. Pretty sure. I think somebody. I think somebody had. I think you had Peter Dinklage, and I had Nick Frost. Oh, oh Nick Frost. Yeah. All right, it's all, we're off subject. We need to <laughs> wrap it up. Well, who, okay, now I got to know who would be your Aragorn. My Aragorn. Yeah. Okay. This was the one that I bet nobody else had that was going to kick you on the pants. I actually might cast Stuart Townsend as Aragorn now. Hmm. Who? Because he, he he filmed on that movie for a couple of months and then was replaced by Viggo Mortensen because Peter Townsend and he decided he was too young for the role. Now he's actually the right age. Yeah. I think he could do it. Peter Towns. I had to Google him. Um, trying to think. Peter Townsend, uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Um, oh, Stuart Townsend? Yeah. Um, okay, gotcha. Oh, yeah, think. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, the best comic book film. That's the only thing. Like, I don't know what he's done in the last twenty years, if anything. Television stuff. But well, anyway, anyway, uh, unless you guys have any final thoughts on Ghostbusters, we can we can wrap it up for the night. No, I think that's going to do it. We'll definitely uh, should revisit this after I make Marisha watch the movies, and uh, we'll mm-hmm. definitely do a YouTube show. Um, after we all see the movie. Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, so, Daniel, where can people find you on the internet? I am Dan C. Peeps on Twitter. Short and sweet, I like it. Uh, mm-hmm. Now for the opposite of short and sweet, Andrew, <laughs> where can people find you on the internet? You can find me running the Twitter account for this show at Sci underscore Fictionary. You can drop us a line at thesciencefictionary at gmail.com and check out our website, thesciencefictionary.com. And as always, check out our podcast as well as the rest of the Red 5 podcast family at red5network.com and at red5network on Twitter. And I'm... David underscore JG Peoples on Twitter. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Don't forget to leave a like, a follow, a subscribe, a review, whatever it is you can do to help us out on your preferred podcast platform. I've been David, and remember, don't cross the streams. And remember, this man has no dick. <laughs>